Hi, you're listening to In Between Visits, and my name is Dr. Christy Lewis. I'm a naturopathic doctor who's in practice for well over a decade. After years of clinical practice and working with thousands of people, a basic truth has been revealed. Behavior modification, as simple as it is, is difficult to implement, hence the birth of this podcast. If we all know what to do, then why aren't we doing it? With these short and sweet shares, I'm going to answer your questions about how to stay on track with your goals, support, inspire, and motivate you on your journey, see you in your struggles, affirm you in the challenge, and reassure you that you are not alone. Let's get started. Hey guys, it's Dr. Christy, and you are tuned in to In Between Visits. I am very excited to be continuing my lifestyle medicine referral series where I get to sit down with experts in their field, whether it be sleep, stress, nutrition, movement, mindset. And today's guest is Jillian Murphy, who is a licensed registered doctor of naturopathic medicine and associate of the Elaine Sater Institute. Jillian works with diverse, smart, health-conscious people who are done with dieting so that they can get out of their heads and reconnect with their bodies. Jillian uses up-to-date eating psychology, clinical insight, and guidance around diet culture, health, and weight to teach individuals why they are stuck in negative patterns around food and constant body dissatisfaction. She also works with parents whose children are struggling to eat competently, whether it's because they're exceptionally fussy or obsessed with food. She helps parents respond to growth-related concerns and offers up sound, helpful, and research-validated advice for families looking to raise children who are joy to feed, who grow well, and have a great relationship with their bodies. Finally, Jillian works with professionals who are interested in approaching food and health in their practices from a weight-neutral, body-positive, anti-diet perspective. You know, Jillian and I went to school and we studied naturopathic medicine. I sat in the same classroom for four years and always loved Jillian's curiosity, confidence, and challenged us to think outside of the box. She's used her years of education as well as experience as well as her personal journey to create this incredible niche that is so important today. I'm so excited to get started. Let's listen in. Hello, Jillian Murphy. How are you? Hi, I'm really good. How are you? I'm so excited about this conversation. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. So I like legit did not drink coffee today because I feel like we when we get together, we like get really excited quick. <laughs> well, I know. And when you said 20 minutes, I was like, oh my gosh, how is this even going to happen? So we need to stay focused. <laughs> we, okay. Pinky, pinky promise on focus. So I'm so, yeah. So, I mean, you guys, folks listening up there, you know, heard all about Jillian's amazingness. She's just like this dynamic naturopathic doctor who is like just meshed together so many different aspects of her professional and personal journey. And just the messaging is just so incredible. So that's what I really want to have my, have my listeners like get a piece of that, get a piece of you today. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so why don't we dig in? Like you said, why don't we just dive deep? And, you know, so many, so many of my audience recognize like my real focus, which is really that like lifestyle medicine component, you know, really, we all know what to do. It's the, why aren't we doing it? And it's not because we need more information. And so as I've really explored that, I've tried to get a sense of, you know, the different lifestyle influences. Like what is it that creates that rippling of, of impact of from choice to choice? So in your work with clients over the years, you know, and patients, how, what do you feel is that influencer? Like how, what do you see catch people and move towards optimal health for them? 
Well, I think it's a number of things, but where I've taken my practice and what I focus on pretty much exclusively at the moment is the relationship with food and body mm-hmm. and what happens to us when we have a weight focused definition of health mm. and um, we are too restrictive when it comes to food and a definition of a healthy body. And so basically what I'm doing is, is I teaching people how that diet mentality and that diet culture and the tangling, the inappropriate tangling of weight and health actually muddle up their minds so much that it makes it almost impossible to make really good, objective, neutral health decisions. And so it's exactly that. It's people who, um, you know, they're individuals when I had a really general naturopathic practice who would totally come through the door. And if we needed to make some dietary changes, they could just do it really easily. It was no problem. Mm -hmm. And then there were others where it was next to impossible. And then there was, there's a few other scenarios for sure wrapped in there that I won't, I won't get into for Mm -hmm. time's sake. Um, So that's what my work is really for those people who um, will say exactly what you said when you, when you kick this off, which is like, I know all of the right foods to eat. I just don't know why I can't stick with it. Mm -hmm. Or they'll say things like I'm trying to eat well and I'm doing a pretty good job of it all through the day. And then it all falls apart at night and Mm -hmm. I'm binge eating or overeating or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm trying to avoid X, Y, Z. And then I'll be able to do it for a few days or a week or an hour. And then (laughs) I'm overeating it to the point of illness. Um, And so I'm really working with those individuals. So it's, it's basically like a, you know, not full blown clinical eating disorders, but distorted eating Mm -hmm. where the relationship and understanding how that in and of itself affects health, that it's a big, it's a big health issue. And it's just, it's such a huge, it's such a huge elephant in the room to address, really, when you think about the impact that when people are going to start on any sort of health journey, it always starts with with nutrition, right? And exercise, nutrition and exercise. And it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, of course, those things matter. But when along, where along the way did we think that was the only thing that mattered? You know, like that was the only way eating perfectly and ex- exercising to exhaustion is, which is actually so counter counterproductive as you, you know, recognized early in your career and then made the shift to offer different messaging to patients. But it's such an ingrained, uh, it's a, such an ingrained thought process, belief that, you know, if I'm not doing these things perfectly, then I can't find ideal health. And it's, it's broken. Yeah, it's so broken. And and again, like I said, it becomes the barrier to actually just eating to actually just eating consistently, sustainably well. Right. Right. And it turns into this all or nothing roller coaster of shame and embarrassment Mm. and physical un you know unease. Right. And and yeah, like I um yeah, this work is very much about the how of eating, right? And it's not mm-hmm. to say that the what isn't important because mm-hmm. of course the what is important, right? Mm-hmm. But but understanding that if the how, if that relationship with food, if, if it isn't good mm-hmm. and if there is a distorted perception of what perfect eating is or even if it, if it even exists, <laughs> if, there's, if there's a misunderstanding about what eating well, that definition is or what health is or what exercising healthfully is that things can go awry pretty quickly. And um, the thing that I've learned along the way, like, it's just very interesting. um, 
that most of these journeys do start out with an intention to be healthier, right? So yeah. it starts out with it's this good. intention of yeah. like, I want to be, I want to be healthier yeah. it, it, with the population I work with anyway. Yeah. You know, it's like, when, when did this start? And it often starts with, I needed to lose weight or somebody told me I needed mm-hmm. to lose weight, which was synonymous with health for them mm-hmm. in their mind on mm-hmm. some level, mm-hmm. or they just wanted to make their eating better. Mm-hmm. And they moved into a slightly more hypervigilant place with food and exercise. And that's like a conscious decision that mm-hmm. they made, but it can very quickly, um, if we are trying to meet or stick with or attain goals that are not actually natural or healthy for our bodies, it can very quickly accidentally, not on purpose, I call it like fall off the ledge mm-hmm. into distorted eating patterns and things that are really negative. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's it always starts with the best of intentions, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, it can go awry pretty quickly. Well, yeah, and I think it is that recognition, like you're sharing, which is the loss of the bigger picture. And I, I just, I mean, you, you really, you really hit it home for me. I mean, I've been, you know, well, we graduated same year, right? At same class. Yeah. So it's like, you know, practicing and finding that, you know, that the 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 what to eat actually organically finds its way. <laughs> you know, it's like you want to have really the how to eat in in really all aspects and the what the what organically comes um so when you're working with patients like what kind of behaviors you know do you think are required to optimize this like at the end of the day if we're moving you know everyone is looking for those sort of anchors and do you in working with patients do you find something that can inspire or you know support people in moving towards that way of thinking or that dynamic uh, as they're moving towards their health. Right. So the first thing is that I, I use the Ellen Satter competency eating model and it's, it's similar to intuitive eating, but it has just like a little bit, it has a little bit more structure within mm-hmm. it. Um, just a little bit. And I, and I kind of go back and forth between the two models, admittedly, depending on who I'm working with, mm-hmm. but um, the competence model is a trust model. And it does just like you said, the, the trust part is that when we get that foundation of how in place Um, And people have, you know, the other big piece of this is understanding food access and barriers to eating. And, you know, there's all of these other sort of like socioeconomic and social determinants of health wrapped up in this work. Um, But when we get the how in place and we're really working in a culturally competent way, Mm -hmm. if we meet people where they're at, the trust model dictates that people will like spiral up into higher, like higher levels of wanting to understand more about the what of eating. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, first and foremost, I just, sometimes I think people might think that it just means that you don't care about what people are eating at all. And that's not it. It's about mm-hmm. meeting people where they're at, um, writing their relationship with food and weight and body so that they can naturally spiral up to whatever level of curiosity or, or interest in food and exercise they want to have when they're ready and they will do it. They do Mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. It's really kind of incredible. I can almost predict when someone will come back to a session and be like, you know what? I think I'm ready to circle back to talking about nutrition again, you know, Mm -hmm. but the way that we get there, I mean, it's a, it's a long process of, um, really untangling weight and health. So getting really Mm -hmm. clear on, um, the role or, or where weight fits into health and where it absolutely doesn't and where um, pursuing intentional weight loss can actually take us away, can take us off course from health, like where mm-hmm. those two paths diverge. Mm-hmm. So it's about breaking down diet culture. It's about understanding 
where the values that we have when it comes to weight and body and food come from, many of which have really um, long, racist, ableist, classist roots, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And when we start to pull that all apart, you know, I kind of call it like pulling apart all of the social norms um, so that we can start to rebuild from a place, like I said, that's more objective Mm -hmm. and neutral and allows for a much wider variance of like normal eating, Mm -hmm. healthy eating and where bodies land when they are eating well and moving well, according to them, if -hmm. that makes sense. It makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so there's a lot of, you know, there's just like a lot, there's a lot of untangling that has to Mm -hmm. happen because Mm -hmm. so much of what we believe about health and, and wellness and weight um, has been indoctrinated and and that's been happening since we were born. And so there's a lot of deep beliefs that we have to challenge. And when we do that, you know, people are able to step back and sort of go like, oh, I can see why me trying to force myself to do X, Y, Z was actually causing me to behave badly around mm-hmm. food. Yeah, it's so, <laughs> contra- it's so counterproductive, right? It's like, you know, the very thing you're setting out to do. And, and I think you know, a few points that you just hit, it's like hair on the back of my neck stand up is really that you're so empowering the people that you're working with. It's like, absolutely the intention is you like break it down. Like you, it's like to the roots and, and to the core. And I feel like, you know, even I think you, you, you posted something a few weeks on Instagram, or maybe you were podcasting yourself about it. Jillian has an amazing podcast, which we're going to talk about at the end. Um, But you know, is really about the grief associated with because there is some components of, you know, as you're letting go, you know, the grieving process around the letting go, but then like any, any, after any let go is the opportunity for new. And within that new is it's, it's just like pure empowerment and trust. Like so many of the people that I've worked with so much on my own journey as someone who has managed, you know, disordered eating, dysfunctional, you know, dysfunctional um, eating and, and dysmorphic body image has really been about learning to trust myself, like letting go of the, like, like letting go of the noise that has just unfortunately always around us even now like you really have to have fierce protection around you know what you're letting in not only as you let go of this but as you move forward yeah absolutely a big part like you know a big chunk of the work is intrapersonal so like working within ourselves and our own thought processes and challenging our beliefs but the other piece of the work is really like interpersonal and cultural and understanding that that even as we heal up our relationship with food and body, the culture is going to keep at us. And so we have to build, and this is it, this is it. And we have to build our colleagues. Like there are going to be people yeah. who continue to see things differently. And it's about how do we build the tools and the skills to live within a culture that idealizes thin white bodies mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm a white woman, I'm not an anti-racist expert by any means, but this plays, you know, class, race, gender, sexual orientation, all of these things play very heavily into how we feel about our bodies and how positive we feel like we're allowed to be in our bodies. And that absolutely dictates our relationship with food because we only use food as a tool or a weapon when we believe our bodies are wrong. And it becomes, you know, it has become the promised um, savior in a lot of ways, right? It's become like, if I just get the food right, if I just get my weight and my body right, everything else in my life 
will be better and easier. And so the grief comes with realizing that um, while food and movement can do a lot for us, <laughs> they, it will, they will not solve all of your life's problems. Your kids will yes. still drive you crazy. And like, yes. you're, you're still going to have to ride the financial wave of a pandemic. And you're still going to have to like, you know, yeah. get, the, get the recycling out on time and, you know, whatever. So yeah. it, it, the grief is like, I can't just hyper-focus in this one area and think that everything in my life is going to get better. And in fact, the more I hyper-focus on this area, the more disconnected I am from the life that I really want to lead. <laughs> and, and so how do I care about food and movement and, but, but also put them back in the box as one of the, like you were sort of saying earlier, as one of the many things that play into how happy and healthy I am and the quality of the life that I'm living. How good is it? Yeah. No, I mean, this is, I like, you're, I'm, I'm speechless. Like, I mean, you're so fierce around this, the clarity, the passion and the messaging. It's like, I'm, I'm learning here and I'm thinking about how this is showing up in certainly, you know, the patient interactions that I have certainly in, in my own personal journey. And so it's just, it's just so huge. And so what kinds of transformations, I mean, do you, do you see, I mean, the impact, this must just be life-changing. So it starts as, you know, I want to heal my relationship with, with food or whatever sort of, uh, the, the person who's in front of you is, is in, is, you know, in, in need of, or, or looking for support of, but like, what are you seeing people's lives just explode beyond this? Hey. Oh yeah. Like it, yeah, you're right. It starts with like, I can't stop when I'm full or, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm obsessed with sugar or, yeah my child only wants to eat one kind of food or, yeah. you know, cause I work with kids as well yeah. and, or professionals that are looking to add more of this into their work. And the outcome is, is just so much bigger because the reality is that while food um, and or weight present as the problem or the pain point, um, the reality is that the deep work is about how we see ourselves, mm. our body image, our self image, our connection to self mm. trust, you know, understanding that you know, people will say, but I can't do this because uh, I don't trust myself. I don't trust myself mm -hmm. around food. And what they're really saying is um, I don't trust that I can get it perfectly every time. Mm -hmm. And we have to do this whole reeducation in, you know, that's not what self trust is. Self trust is knowing that like, you can eat and whatever the outcome is, you're going to be able to manage it. Like you're mm -hmm. going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And there's unlimited do-overs when it comes to food in particular. And, mm -hmm. and how do we get comfortable not being perfect? That perfection is, you know, one of the roots of all mm -hmm. of this, right? Yeah. Perfection and upholding values that were never meant to serve us, that were never meant to, to, you know, systems and values that were never meant to be particularly for a very small percentage of people. And so it's really about breaking down. I mean, it's, it's a social justice yeah. movement. It's, um, it's inherently completely transformative in terms of like how we see mm -hmm. ourselves and our place in the world and our work. And, you know, like one of the last questions in the, the final writing assignment that I give to a lot of the people that I work with is like, how are you going to pay this forward? Like, what are you going to do with what you learn? And it's just like, the answers are so big and so profound. And you're right. Like in the end, people have a better relationship with food. They're able to eat without being preoccupied or obsessed. They're able to move in a way that generally feels quite good to them. But the, the other results I think are, are just so much bigger. It's just, it's really impactful mm -hmm. in all areas mm -hmm. of life. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And so what, 
I want to know about you a bit. What do you, what do you do to stay? Where do you find your harmony in your life? Oh, well, that's an, that's an interesting question. Like as we record this in the middle of a pandemic, I would say that like, generally this work has been the healthiest, most transformative work that I've ever done for myself Mm -hmm. personally. And so I feel like I just have this, I don't even know how to explain it because I would have described myself as all of the problems with food 10 years ago, like from orthorexia to, yeah, from like orthorexia to like sugar addiction to emotionally, like I thought I was just broken, thought I had a broken appetite. And now I'm like, food is just the easiest thing Mm -hmm. in my life. And like, I love, so food is great. I love cooking. I love great food. I love, but I love food that that tastes really good. (laughs) And I love enjoying food. But in terms of movement, what I was doing before all of this stuff hit is a lot of dance. I do a lot of contemporary dance. um, And that is one of those things that just makes me feel really connected to my body and really good. Um, And then as we move through the pandemic, it's been about like, just a lot more compassion Mm. and a lot more flexibility when it comes to food and movement. But we're doing a ton of... uh, in our family, we're doing a lot of like tennis and fun, like running clubs together. And I also do the class with mm-hmm. Taryn Toomey, which is like a total, um, it's just like a totally amazing kind of like mind, body, soul sort of workout mm-hmm. that I do. And I ha- I've had to throughout this period also introduce some extra like meditation mm-hmm. and stuff just because I was finding myself no time on my own, shaken off center yeah. a lot frustrated by delays and inability to move forward (laughs) with a house full of people yeah so like more meditation so I think for me it's always just this combination of like food movement and like I don't know what the right word is if it's like Mm self-reflect it's like alone Mm -hmm. time or like brain Mm -hmm. space mental space whatever that looks like yeah um but yeah that's and I love yeah and I I just I mean you're you're knowing like it's like the big the big word as you're sharing that for me, when I hear it is just, just a knowing it's, it's not a premeditated, it's not a shooting. There's just, what is my body in need of right now? And that. Yeah. So much of the work, so much of the work I do is about being mm. present, like present moment, like moment, um, knowing, and you know, I'm not perfect at it and I, there's mm-hmm. no perfect. It's like, no one needs to be mm-hmm. perfect at it, but you do get much, much better at being like, okay, today I just actually mm-hmm. need to take the day off or today I need, <laughs> like I yeah. need to run yeah, <laughs> or I need to whatever, well, you know, I need more I carbs the, is like, what I the need. The fact that the, the, it really isn't about good, bad. It's not about running bad or, you know, potentially even keto bad. It really is checking in to ensure that is the intention from this healed place is it from this you know and it's sneaky it's a sneaky one I'm sure you see it with with your clients it's like just you know you think okay this is coming from this intuitive place of knowing and then you sort of part way through whether it's a physical messaging a mental emotional or even a spiritual or soul soul knowing that okay no that was a shot again <laughs> that was I was looking for yeah, something yeah. externally okay I I get it and so it's like just continuing to come back to as you said you know just the 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 curiosity and almost the humor of it all right like it's it's not actually yeah, that yeah. heavy <laughs> like that's yeah. gonna keep happening right 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 you know people sometimes say like yeah. oh my god if I'm totally back at the beginning I'm doing it again I'm like no you're not yeah. back at the beginning like this yes, is gonna keep exactly. happening right it's just how, how do you get better and better at just seeing it and recognizing it and being able to be more and more honest with yourself, like you said, about what the intention or mm-hmm. the motivation is, because yeah. that's everything. There's, we can do almost anything um, 
in diet mentality and almost anything, yeah. you know, I say almost because it's not totally true, but almost anything out of diet right. mentality and in health mentality, right? And it's all about motivation and checking in and balancing yeah. um, what we're doing and why we're doing it. And, and so much of it is about just being present and being in our bodies. Yeah. Wow. Jillian, this was amazing. I'm pretty proud of us. We're 20 minutes in and I have one last question. <laughs> I'm, I am how, like, what are you offering to the world right now? I like, I can only imagine like my uh, audience at the end of, you know, the edge of their seats. Like, how do I, how do I get to this woman? I want to work with this woman. So tell, tell us how we can all connect with you, connect with you right now. Yeah. So I've done lots of different work, individual and group right now. Um, just because of the state of everything I'm doing, exclusively one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. sessions, whether you're like an adult individual that's looking to do this work for yourself personally, or you're the parent of a child and you're worried about their eating habits or their weight and you want to, you know, help without harming, um, or you're a professional that's like, I want more of this mm -hmm. in my practice mm -hmm. or in my life. And how do I do that? I do one-on-one -on -one sessions for all three of those groups of individuals. Um, and you can find me at foodfreedombodylove.com. Um, I also have a podcast that's under the same name. And for the past couple of months, what I've been doing are sessions. So like one-on-one -on -one sessions where you can listen in um, as I work with individuals or professionals on this work. It's kind of interesting. And, and there's like a long history of podcasts there as well to go mm -hmm. back and listen to. Um, and then I have a newsletter, which you can sign up for on my mm -hmm. website as well. So, and definitely uh, follow you. You put, you do a lot on it. it so oh, on much Instagram. Like this. Yeah. You share, share, share. I love it. You're so generous. Yeah. 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 I put, try mm -hmm. to put as much as I can on Instagram and the newsletter yeah. and awesome. yeah. Yeah. So lots of ways to find me. So good. And you know what? I'm going to put all your information up on my website, drchristylewis.ca. So if you missed any of that, you can find it on my blog um, and in that blog section of my, of my website. And now that I feel like I, we did this pretty grounded, I'm pretty proud of myself. I'm going to go like, go grab my coffee now. <laughs> I'm glad I couldn't <laughs> caffeinate myself before this conversation. We, I get too excited with you. Yeah. Oh, you're the best. Awesome. Thank you so okay. much for having me. Okay, Christine. you be well. Okay, okay talk soon.